0: Amen. Genesis chapter 12, and I'm going to start uh, with, uh, I'm going to be walking uh, walking us through this chapter and part of the next, just for the next few moments, but I want to read these first four, four verses for some context. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he had departed out of Haran. And as you are closing your Bibles, I wonder if we can go to the Lord in prayer together for the remainder of our time together. Let us pray. Jesus, I thank you for the written Word that has the ability, that has the power to come alive in each who read it. Oh, God, I thank you for the generations of people that sit before me today. God bless the hearers and the doers of your Word and make my tongue the pen of a ready writer. In Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. For the next few moments of our time together, I want to preach this thought that comes straight from verse number 1 of chapter 12, and that is, get thee out. Get thee out. From Genesis 12, Abram is called to get thee out of the country and from his kindred and from his father's house and go to a land that God would show him. But then we come upon the very first problem with Abram's obedience to God's Word. What did he do? Right after he was told to leave his relatives, he decided to take Lot with him. Remember that Lot was his nephew, so it was a relative. It was of his kindred. Now, I don't have a straight answer for you as to why, but based on the circumstances of Abram, he was old 75 years old. He did not have any children, and it almost seemed that as if he was going to claim Lot as some sort of safeguard for the generations to come. What this was was disobedience to God. He did not follow what God had told him to do. And that was to get the out. This leads. Or this led to further disobedience, which I do want to touch on for just a moment. From that point in taking Lot with him, there was a famine that came over the land. So Abram decided to go to Egypt. What happened in Egypt? Abram was fearful for his life. So he told his wife to pretend that she was his sister. May I have your attention, please, all the wives in the house? Has your husband ever referred to you as his sister? I'm not talking about a sister in the Lord. Has your husband ever referred to you in such a way? I hope your answer is no. Let let me ask you this. If your husband did ever refer to you as such, how would that make you feel? I'm going to pull some strings here for just a moment, if that's all right. I, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to pick on a couple people here just because I love you so much. Sister Laurel, question. If Brother Terry told you, hey, we are going to pretend that you are my sister because there's going to be some things that are going to come to, to maybe harm us or try to hurt us, what would you do? Brother Terry says, you'd, you'd smack him right in the face and you'd probably knock him to the ground. I believe it. You know, I, I have a feeling you might have some, you know, words to share with Brother Terry. Amen? Why? Because it ain't right. That ain't right on any degree, no matter the circumstance. What a single act of disobedience did was lead Abraham down a road of further disobedience. Why? Because the first one wasn't taken care of. One act led to another, which led to another, which led to another, which led to another, and so on and so forth. Now, listen up for a moment. Abram took Lot with him. Why? Because of a lack of trust in the promise keeper. Abram went to Egypt. Why? Because of a lack of trust in the provider. Abram lied to Pharaoh about his wife. Why? Because of a lack of trust in the protector. Oh, church, you can trust the promise of God. You can trust the promise keeper. You can trust the provider. You can trust the protector. Even though the world around you may be falling apart. Oh, come on, somebody. With each waking moment, you can trust God without taking matters into your own hands. Now, I'm not saying that we... We shouldn't do our own part, because I do believe that we should trust in God, but tie our horse. We should trust in God, but we should do what we do, but let God do what we can't. So you see that lack of trust in the promise keeper further dwindled Abram's trust in God to provide and protect. Why? Because it all started again with a single act of disobedience. It all started with Abram trying to take matters into his own hands saying, I'm going to try to handle this on my own. I trust in God, but Mm. Mm. rather than fully trusting the promise of God, Abram, and hear me here, Abram took Lot and the Lord appeared unto Abram again saying what? Look at verse number seven. It says, And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Did you see that? And, un- and the Lord appeared. Go back. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed. Not unto somebody else's seed. Unto thy seed will I give this land. Question. Was Lot of Abram's seed? Good answer. That would have been his children, the generations to come after him. Not what Abram had in mind, but what the Lord had promised. The Lord's like, Abram, this isn't what I meant. Lot is not going to get this future that I promised you. And this was before Abram even went down to Egypt. So the mercy was shown to Abram to try to get his focus back. Again, the Lord said, "Hey, hey, unto thy seed." Hello. But Abram continued just as he was, even though he built an altar. He still had reservations. He still had a lot that was holding them back. Even though the altar was built and Abram said, "I believe it," the lot still remained. And we can know and understand that this was not the only time we read of disobedience. And I promise not to belabor the point too much longer, but this is important because I am going to bring this full circle again. In the story of Noah building the ark, God regretted that he had made man. Why? Because man would continue to live in their own ways, not following the Lord. Rather, they would, they would continue to live in their own ways rather than how God had intended them to live. Oh, church, please hear me in the Holy Ghost. We serve a merciful God. We serve such a merciful God. And if you came here today down and out because you feel like you've just gotten to a place of no return, let me tell you that Jesus is here for you today. And I don't know who this is for, but you may have thrown your pearls to the swine and you may have dug around those feces looking for that pearl in the feces, in the stench of this world. But God is calling you to be washed clean. Hallelujah. Praise God. God shows grace to the humble and basically turns away from the prideful. Meaning if you come to God with an open heart, an open mind, not having any reservations, God says, here, here's some of my grace. Here, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Let me take control of your life and show you what I what will be so long as you choose to follow me. Church, I want to relate this to the call to discipleship. Mm-hmm. Jesus called the 12 men to follow him, if not, and some, if not all, had questions as to what extent it would be that they had to follow him, to the point where Jesus said, Let the dead bury the dead. Meaning, the life that I have called you to, Jesus said, you are going to have to leave certain things behind. There are going to be things that you cannot take with you as you step into this greater reality. That God has for you. Some of you may be there already, but let me tell you, there's more. Some of you may feel like, well, I'm already there, there's still more. As a disciple of Christ, we are called to give up things, called to take up our cross, called to follow Jesus. Oh, and if I could, I could dwell on the subject of sacrifice for a moment, but I want to highlight more so on the trust that is required with the call to follow Jesus. No one ever said that the road would be easy. In fact, it may be quite the contrary. No one ever said that the road would be fun. In fact, it's the, it's, at times it may be the most difficult thing you'll ever do. No one ever said that the road would be full of people, for at times you may walk alone. But church, it's time for you to get the out. It's time for you to get the out of whatever it is that is holding you back from the promise that God has shown you pretty quiet in here this morning. That's all right. Sister pal question. Sister pal. The, the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were thrown into the fiery furnace, right? They had all their possessions with them. They had all their nice things with them. They had three meals a day with them. They had everything that they'd ever need. They had suitcases with them with all their clothes and things like that, right? Not at all. They had nothing but the clothes on their back as they were thrown into that fiery furnace. But can I tell somebody that what they did go into that fiery furnace with is a fiery trust in God that he would provide for them no matter if they came out dead or alive. Can I tell somebody to build your trust in the Lord right now that if you get thrown into the fire, let that trust burn in you in him. Hallelujah. Let that faith burn in you for him. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody, we need faith to arise in this place. We may not have much. We may be down to nothing, but we can still trust in the promises of God. We may be sent to a place with absolutely nothing. And I heard stories time and time again of this past week, that general conference, how people traveled with nine, nine bucks in a burden, and, and I forget what else they were talking about, but they went there with almost nothing. But guess what? The Lord provided... <laughs> I don't think you know what it means, and I don't think I even understand to the extent what that means. But the Lord is our provider. He's the provider of all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Hallelujah. Do you believe that with me? Come on, if you believe that the Lord, you can trust in the Lord at all times to provide for you for whatever you may need. Go ahead and lift your voices to him right now. I'm here to tell you right now that if they can travel somewhere with literally $9 and a burden, then you can travel down the street with nothing but the clothes on your back. Hallelujah. And praise the Lord that he will provide for you. We are the Oh, we ought to praise him for just a moment. Oh, that fire. (laughs) That that fiery trust in God, Uh, it does not go out. But it only gets stronger the closer you draw near to him. We've heard the song, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Well, this light continues to grow. I don't want just a little light. (laughs) I want my light to grow every single day. Well, how does it grow, church? Many ways. Praying, reading the Bible, studying his word, trusting in his promises, seeing that he's a promise keeper throughout the word. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. These three boys, these three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had no doubt in their mind. Otherwise, they would have fought going into that place. Like, no, you're not going to take me in there. I I don't want to go in there. I don't want to die. No, they walked. They walked. They said, Lord's going to provide. Whether I make it out or not. They had no doubt in their mind. They didn't fight going in, but there would have been, if they did have a doubt, there would have been an ungodly fear come over them. Can I tell you that you've got nothing to fear in this world? They went in. Oh, that trust and faith in God would rise up in the church saying, ready, Minister Kennedy, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Let me say that again. For me to live is Christ and to die his gain. No matter what this world has to offer me. For me to live is Christ, to die his gain. Church Abram chose to put his trust in Lot rather than the Lord. Who, just, who he had just received this promise from, who he had just received this word from. Hear me, some of you do not have a lot of things holding you back, but what is your lot that is holding you back? I don't know what that is for you, but I'm here to tell you the Lord has brought me with this message because there's lots that you're holding on to. That's all right, because we serve a merciful God who, as you let go of those things, his promises remain. You may not have a lot, but what's your lot? Come here, Brother Jeff. I'm going to pretend like Jeff is my lot. Hold my hand. Give me some resistance. I'm going to walk. Well, just so I can walk a little bit. There we go. You know, this lot, more resistance, more resistance. This lot here is holding me. From my promise. And I can hardly get there. Now make it to where I can't get there. Pull so hard that I can't go anywhere. And I can't make it as far because it's weighing me down. Look here. He's weighing me down, so I can't make it. This lot is holding me back from this promise. But if I let go, and now listen here, because there was a point in time because the, 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 the farmers between Lot and Abram were fighting, they were arguing with one another. Oh, I'm gonna kill you, I'm gonna get you, and different things like that. So Abram decided at that point, you know. I've had enough of this. You go that way, and I'll go this way. You choose the way you go, I'll go the opposite. Okay. He was free. He was free from that bondage. He was free from that lot. Some of you need to let go of your lot right now. Some of you need to let go of your lot right now so that you can possess your promise. The resistance that the lot provides will keep you from your God-given promise, will keep you from your God-given purpose. I don't know how much you want to fight, but that was tough. I broke a sweat, a spiritual sweat. Praise God. Stand with me. As long as you are holding on to your lot, you won't be able to possess your promise. As long as you are holding on to your lot, you will struggle to see the greater reality That has been promised to you. That lot that you are holding on to may be so very attractive and hard to let go of. But let me tell you that it's not worth your eternity. That lot that you are holding on to may be enticing you to not let go because of the promise that God has for you. It may be distracting you. It is distracting you from your promise that God has provided. The devil may be trying to keep you from your promise so he will put whatever he can in your way so that you do not continue in your God-given promise. As we read to the very end of chapter 13, as our reference and Musicians, you can come. Abram and Lot and their servants, handmaids, workers and whatnot were not, uh, not getting along with each other as I just showed you. He finally had enough. You pick one way, I'll go the other. Lot, <laughs> it's, which sounds like a whole lot, whole, whole lot like repentance all all right? We had a call to repentance at the start, but listen. Lot, the sin went one way, and Abram, the person, went the other. Repentance. And then we read in Genesis chapter 13. Verses 14 through 17, and then the Lord said to Abram, after that lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. (laughs) That's as far as the eye can see. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land and the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Oh, church, I promised you that I would not be long. and (laughs) It's time to let go of that lot in your life. It's time to give that to God. It's, be, it's, being, it's been weighing you down for too long now. It's been holding you back for too long now. It's time to recognize what that is. And let me tell you, if it takes your time away from God, your family, your ministry, your study of the Word, There's a really good chance that that's your lot. Church, I don't know what that is for you, but I can boldly come to you today and tell you that it's time for you to get the out. I feel the Lord impressing upon people's hearts right now. Go ahead. Let the Lord work on you right now. Come on. I I want to tell you that these altars are open now if you need prayer. If you need help, if you need assistance, with so- if you need prayer for something right now, go ahead, come up to these altars. Go ahead, come up to these altars and let a brother or a sister pray for you. Go ahead and lift your hands where you're at if you need it right now. If you need to be delivered from this lot in your life, whatever that may be, it may be heavy, it may be light, but it's so much hindering your walk with him. It's so much hindering your, pro- your promise with him. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Go ahead, call on him right now. Hallelujah hallelujah oh Jesus we call on you right now. Hallelujah hallelujah come on come on let's call on him all over this place. go ahead go ahead praise him come on give give God the opportunity to work on your life right now.